Welcome to Emily Rose Meditations. I'm your host, Emily, and today we'll be engaging Julian of Norwich to help us understand why we seek companionship with the divine. This is the 56th chapter of Julian of Norwich's long text entitled Revelations of Divine Love. Take a deep breath, and wherever you are, let your shoulders relax, let your attention settle, and I invite you to open your heart to these words. And thus I saw quite certainly that it is easier for us to attain knowledge of God than to know our own soul, for our soul is so deeply grounded in God and so eternally treasured that we cannot attain knowledge of it until we first know God, the maker to whom it is united. But in spite of this, I saw that for complete understanding, we have to long to know our own soul wisely and truly. And for this reason, we are taught to search for it where it is to be found, and that is in God. And so, by the gracious guidance of the Holy Ghost, we should know them both at once, whether we are moved to know God or our soul. They are both good and true. God is nearer to us than our own soul, for he is the ground on which our soul stands, and he is the means by which essential being and sensory being are kept together so that they shall never be separated. For our soul sits in God in complete rest, and our soul stands in God in complete strength, and our soul is naturally rooted in God in eternal love. And therefore, if we want knowledge of our soul and intercourse and communion with it, it behooves us to search in our Lord God in whom it is enclosed. And I saw and understood more of this enclosure in the 16th showing, as I shall explain. And so, as far as our essential being and sensory being are concerned, they may rightly be called our soul. And that is because they are united in God. The noble city in which our Lord Jesus sits is our sensory being in which he is enclosed. And our essential being is enclosed in Jesus with the blessed soul of Christ sitting and resting in the Godhead. And I saw quite certainly that we needs must be in a state of longing and suffering until the time when we are led so deeply into God that we really and truly know our own soul. And indeed, I saw that into these great depths, our good Lord himself leads us in the same love with which he made us and in the same love with which he bought us through mercy and grace by virtue of his blessed passion. And in spite of all this, we can never attain full knowledge of God until we first know our own soul clearly. For until our soul reaches its full strength, We cannot reach full holiness, and that will happen when through the power of Christ's passion, our sensory being is raised to our essential being, 
with all the profit which our Lord, through mercy and grace, will enable us to gain from our tribulations. I had some degree of insight into this, and it is a process grounded in nature. That is to say, our reason is grounded in God, who is the summit of essential being. From this essential nature, mercy and grace spring and spread into us, influencing all things in fulfillment of our joy. These are the grounds in which we grow and reach our fulfillment, for in nature we have our life and our being. In mercy and grace we have our growth and our fulfillment. Nature, mercy, and grace— are three aspects of a single goodness, and where one works, they all work in the things which concern us in this life. God wants us to understand, longing with all our heart and with all our strength to know more and more of them until the time when we reach fulfillment. For to know them fully and see them clearly is none other than the eternal joy and bliss which we shall have in heaven. God wants this to begin here in the knowledge of his love, for we cannot profit from our reason alone unless we also have perception and love, nor can we be saved just because we are naturally grounded in God, unless we have knowledge of this ground and of his mercy and grace. From those three working all together, we receive all our goodness. The first of these are the goods of nature. For when we were first made, God gave us abundance of natural goods, but also greater goods such as we could receive only in spirit. For in his eternal wisdom, his foreseeing purpose wanted us to have this double nature. After meditating on this passage from Julian, I have a new appreciation for the depth of the meaning of the phrase navel-gazing. Focus on our outer being, our uh, literal belly buttons, that less essential, less unique piece of ourselves might result in less self-knowledge and less knowledge of God and therefore of reality, then focus on our spiritual being, that created trinity she refers to in the last chapter, which is tangled up in and hidden in God himself. So if God dwells in each person, I wonder if looking to others, if a continual, insistent conversation and practice of prayer and worship in a community might guide us toward that essential piece of our being. If we might learn best who each of us is individually when we're more concerned with being part of a group, say, part of the body of Christ. Thank you for joining me today. The peace of Christ be with you.